Welcome to the New Hope Church podcast, where reverence meets relevance. We are currently in a six-part series titled Finding Favor. Here is this week's message from our pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly. How are we doing? Well, that worship kind of got you in a mellow mood, didn't it? Let's try that again. How you doing? Good stuff, good stuff. So glad you are here today. Welcome to all of our different campuses, Garner, the beautiful Daughters of the King, at the NCCIW campus in Raleigh, the internet community, television community, uh, all of that, man. We just welcome one, welcome all. Hey, we're here today to start a series, um, and you, you know this, so it's not new to you uh, if you don't know it. We're starting a brand new series today called Finding Favor. Called Finding what? Favor. And um, I, I'm going to start this message in a very unique way, and so um, I just kind of want to get right to it, if that's okay with you. I, I am... I'm about to say some things that um, are risky for me to say. Um, It's a risk. One could say that it's a risk to talk about favor in general. I've had so many people grab me today and say that they have never in their entire Christian life heard a message on favor. And we're doing an uh, an entire series for it. And there's reasons why. Uh, many folks haven't heard about a series on favor or messages on favor. Number one, it's kind of a complex subject. It takes thinking. You've got you to put your thinking caps on for this series. The second reason many people don't talk about favor is because many of us have unfortunately heard it taught in a very um, abusive kind of way. Many of you have been up, you know, 2, 3, or 4 o'clock in the morning. You can't sleep. And you're surfing through the television, and all of a sudden you stumble across this pastor, and he or she's got big hair. And, and, and they're talking about the favor of God. And you'll get favor when you send your check into their religious organization. Right, 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 right. And that's baloney. And that is an abuse to Scripture and the subject. But we're going to go after it. Because favor is a subject that you see in the Bible a lot. I'll explain that in a moment. But the way I'm going to start this subject, again, it's risky. Because I'm afraid, if I'm not careful, that you will hear me and you will misconstrue my message and start to think that I think I'm special. And I don't. I mean, those of you who know me, you know that I self-deprecate up here a lot, right? I mean, I'm always wearing my own stuff out here, letting you know I am a jacked-up human being, right? If you're a guest here, hi, my name is Benji. I'm a jacked-up human being. And you might think, well, I don't want a jacked-up pastor. Well, I love you, but this is not the church for you because I got issues, right? Let them know, church, I got issues, right? So I'm not, I'm not claiming that I'm special by any means today, whatsoever. But I do need to tell you something. I do need to be truthful with you. I have experienced the favor of God for all 23 years of my life walking with Christ. I, when, when Christ found me, I was really, really lost. And when I got saved, I got really, really saved. And so for me, there's never been any middle ground. And so for 23 years now, I have experienced the favor of God. 
But here's the tricky thing, and this is kind of this is confessional. Confession is good for your soul. I haven't been able to articulate it until about the last three years. In other words, I believe that I experienced the biblical definition of the favor of God and have for 23 years of my life. Not because I'm special. No, 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 no. But I have experienced it, and I, I haven't been able to articulate it. Like, I haven't, been able, I, I haven't been able to understand it from a biblical framework. I haven't been able to describe it. Only until about the last three years when I started realizing, I need to kind of, I need to kind of figure this out. What is this on my life? I mean, my wife can tell you she's right here. She could share this more than I could. But, like, she's been with me so many times. I, I think of Summerton Diner. There's a, there's a little restaurant in uh, Summerton, South Carolina, right on the outskirts of Sumter, South Carolina, called Summerton Diner. It is equivalent to Mama Dips. Glory, hallelujah. Anybody in here, <laughs> anybody in here ever eaten at Mama Dips? You want some southern in your mouth, put some mama dips on your lips. There is nothing like mama dips. It's in Chapel Hill. It, it, oh, I, I'm ready to go eat now. I mean, it is unbelievable. We're, we're sitting in Summerton Diner. I just, I just married my beautiful wife. We haven't been married long at all. And we were back in that part of the woods, that neck of the woods for a weekend. And, and it was Sunday. And it was after church. And we're sitting in a restaurant. And all of a sudden, this big old African-American dude who had a suit on, came up to our table, said, young man, you, like that, that close, you got the favor of God on your life, and God's going to use you to do great things. I'm like, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes. <laughs> he walked away, and Amy Lynn's like, what is that all about? I said, honey, it, it, it happens all the time. <laughs> and I wasn't lying. And she could get up here and tell you about time after time after time after time that, that that's happened. Now, now, that's not because I'm special. Like I said, I haven't even been able to understand it or articulate it. But what I have started to understand as I've studied the topic is the favor of God is on my life because I just started doing some things that people taught me. And things that I read in the scripture, for me, Christianity is not really that hard. It's really not. God says it, do it. And so for me, reading the Bible and listening to great, great godly men preach the word of God to me back in Sumter, South Carolina, I was just stupid enough that if God said it, I was going to do it. And I started to tap into this favor of God. And the thing I want you to know before, before I pray and we really jump into the word is that God wants to unleash, listen, the favor of God in your life. He wants to give you favor. Some of you, if you were honest with yourself, you would admit that it's one thing. For, I mean, you struggle with the whole concept of God loving you. Like, you, you, you finally accepted the fact that God might love you. But if you were honest with yourselves, you would admit you don't believe God likes you. And some of you, that's not your fault. Some of you have, like, been taught that kind of stuff. Some of you have had parents, and I'm not saying anything bad about your parents. But some of you have had parents or aunts or uncles or pastors. I do, I do ask for forgiveness on behalf of all the pastors. But some of you have come under teaching before where you've been convinced directly and indirectly that God might love you, but he surely doesn't like you. 
And if you're good enough and you go to church enough and you put enough money in the offering basket and you go to Sunday school and you're good to your brothers and sisters and you honor your parents and blah, 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 God just might let you into heaven one day. That's not how God feels about you. Like, not only does he love you, listen, 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 he likes you. He created you just like you are, like, like <laughs> warts and all. He, he likes you, and, and he wants to give you favor. And though you might not understand what that is, I hope by the end of the day you will, and I hope by the end of this series you will. But this is why I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, don't miss a single Sunday over the course of the next month. Come with your Bibles in hand, your thinking caps on, ready to go at a subject, listen guys, that can just revolutionize your life. It can reset the trajectory of your life. Um, a few weeks ago when we had Vision Day 10, we were at the Durham Performing Arts Center. How many of you were there? Hey, I got a confession to make. Again, I'm in a confessing mood today. Um, like, I was worried that we wouldn't fill that place up. Was anybody else like that? Like, I was kind of worried, man, and I didn't tell that to anybody except my wife. Um, but I'm sitting behind the curtain leg. You can't see me, but I'm sitting back behind on the stage behind the curtain leg, and I see the first level fill up. And then I see the second level fill up. And then the third level fills up, and the DPAC officials are worrying. They're thinking they're going to have to start turning people away. I mean, it's packed up in there. And somebody came up to me, and they saw me just kind of looking at all the people, and they asked this question, and it really kind of took me by surprise. They said, what do you want for all these people? And because it took me by surprise, I, I didn't answer right away, but I thought about that question, and it lived with me for a few days. And here's the answer. You know what I want for you? What I want for everybody on the other side of that camera, what I want for all of our campuses, what I want for anybody who's watching this in their, in their home, what I want for everybody connected to the New Hope movement. I want you to experience God's favor. I want, you to, I want you to tap into it. Because, beloved, when you do, you will never, ever, ever go back to living life without it. Oh, I got some favor finders up in here today, I see. How many of you, wanna, how many of you want the favor of God in your life? That's what I thought. But listen, there's, there's some people who didn't raise their hand because, see, I understand. You're not sure you understand it yet. That's okay. Like, I wouldn't raise my hand if I didn't understand it either. But I hope by the end of the day, when I ask that question again, every hand will pop up in that place. Let's pray together. Father, take our minds. Would you please take our minds and think through them today? Lord Jesus, take, take our hearts and fill with them. Lord Jesus, take my lips and speak through them today. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. This we pray in Jesus' name and all of God's people said. Amen. Here we go. Let's go get this. <clears throat> Thank you, Pastor Fuller. Everybody give Pastor Fuller a hand. I love that guy. <clears throat> favor, 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 favor. We don't hear it much, but here's the deal. It is mentioned over 70 times in the Bible. How many? 70, over 70 times in the Bible. It is an incredibly important 
definition, incredibly important topic for the believer to understand, and yet it is one of the most neglected concepts, principles, teachings in all of Scripture. Let me give you an assortment of definitions for favor. Anybody in favor of me laying a favor foundation today? Let me see a show of hands. Favor. We're going to go get this today. Here's some definitions. This comes from great people all across the country. Favor is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. That's favor. Very simple. Very simple. Good definition. Here's another definition. Favor is God's goodness displayed in an individual's life in such a way that only he, that is God, can get the credit. Number three. This is a good one. Favor is God graciously working to optimize my life in all circumstances for my good and for his glory. Next one. Favor is the guarantee. Another good one. Favor is the guarantee of his provision and the pro his presence and the provision of his power. Two key words, presence and power. Favor is the guarantee of his presence and the provision of his power to accomplish his special purpose in and through my life. And here's my best stab at it this week. Last one. Favor is God's supernatural anointing that descends upon his beloved believer who knowingly, and like I said, in my case, it was unknowingly, who knowingly or unknowingly wins the heart of God. It's favor. It's favor. Now, again, one of the reasons we don't hear a lot of teachings on favor is because there are lots of fallacies out there. There are lots of false teachings on favor. Here's the first one I would want to cover with you before we jump into the word. And you can go ahead and open up Exodus 33 if you'd like. But here's a fallacy. God is not a genie in a bottle. Did you hear me? As we start to talk about this subject, you might be tempted sometimes to fall over into this notion that God is a genie in a bottle and I can just whip up some magical potion and when I do, I can expect God to do whatever I want to do. Beloved, I stopped by here today to let you know God is not a genie in a bottle. God is the almighty God of the universe who reigns over heaven and earth. He's not some genie. Favor this topic that we're talking about today. Favor is not a formula. You can't formalize any of this. You can't say, well, if I do X, Y, and Z, God's going to do this, and I'm going to tap into the favor of God. You cannot do that. It is not how it works. There is a huge difference between favors from God and the favor of God. Thirdly, not really a, a fallacy, just a truth. A truth delivered. I first heard it by Bishop T.D. Jakes. Ha! He says, favor, ha, ain't fair, ha. You ever heard Bishop T.D. Jakes preach? I love me some Bishop T.D. Jakes. Uh, and he, he, he did this whole sermon at this woman's conference. Woman, thou art loosed or something like that. Remember that? Woman, thou art loosed, ha. It was awesome. And one of the messages he taught was favor ain't fair. Favor is not fair, church. If you start trying to make favor fair, you're going to miss it. You've heard me say a number of times, Favor, I mean, fairness ended in the garden. Fairness, ended, and if you don't buy that, listen, fairness ended. At least you will at least acknowledge that favor ended on the cross of Calvary. When the Lord and Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, was crucified. Life's not fair. I went to a movie last night with my daughter, a little daddy-daughter date on Saturday night. We normally don't do anything on Saturday night, but I felt like it. And we went to this, this movie, um, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Um, 
Oh, let me tell you something. You want to cry? Go to that movie. <laughs> we, I, we bawled our I, I have never, the whole theater was crying. I saw three people leave because they were crying so uncontrollably. And you're like, why do you want to go to that kind of movie? Well, I, I don't know. She wanted to see it. And I, once I checked it out, I wanted to see it too. It's powerful. It's about September 11th. It's a powerful movie. But the reason I like the movie so much is because it was not some fairy tale movie. It didn't tie everything up with a nice bow and end the movie. You know how that gets all cheesy and, oh, yeah, it's predictable. No, no, no. This movie was raw. It was real. It was powerful. And it just reminded me. I sat there and thought, man, if 9-11 taught us anything, it taught us that, that life's not fair. Right? And the same can be true about favor. Favor is not fair, but... That doesn't negate the fact that God longs, loves, desires to bestow favor upon your life. The same favor we see in the scriptures, God wants to bestow upon your life. And some of you, because you're brilliant and you're smart thinkers, you're starting to already do this dichotomy in your mind about grace and favor. So can I just cut you off at the pass? They're different. They're very, very different. This is in your teaching notes. Favor is different from grace. Grace is undeserved. You can't do anything to earn or obtain grace. Amen? I mean, you've heard me say before, guys, Christianity is not about what we do. It's what? It's about what he has done. Okay? It's very, very different. Grace and favor are different. Favor, on the other hand, is found. Let's read this last. Let's read this slide together. Ready? Go. Favor, on the other hand, is the Bible is full of instruction about how we can obtain or find favor. Favor, beloved, is like being dipped in honey so that the blessings of God can stick to you. Let that image just settle with you today. So let's go get this. Exodus. Exodus 33. If you love the word of the Lord, say amen. If you want a lot of scripture today, say amen, because you're going to get a lot of scripture today. I love the word of God. Exodus 33, verse 12, 12 through 18. Here we go. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have, help me church, you have what? With me. If you... If you are pleased with me, teach me your way so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Okay? The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. The Lord said what? My presence will go with you and I will... Now watch what Moses does. Moses did exactly what you do and I do sometimes. Moses, watch this. Then Moses said to him, if your presence. <laughs> Moses, the Lord just told you he was going to go with you. What is this if stuff? But we do that, don't we? If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me from your people from all the other people on the face of the earth. Beloved, let me just tell you on the front end, favor is distinguishing. You know, don't you, when you come across a person or a church that is experiencing favor. You know it. 
you got eyes of faith and you got any kind of discernment, you know, you, you've had that experience. You've walked into a room, you've been around somebody, you've been a part of a movement where you have, you have picked up your spiritual radar, if you will, is picked up on the fact that you are in the midst of uh, presence. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you ask because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Key verse here. Then Moses said, now show me your, help me out church, your what? glory. Moses was receiving favor. And Moses says, hey, I want you to receive all the glory and the honor. One of the key points about favor is you're never going to get favor if you're trying to receive glory and honor for self. You're never going to get favor in your life unless you want all the glory, all the praise, all the attention, all the adoration to go to the one who is able to grant favor. Moses is basically saying, God, unless you go with me. Some of you are here and you can relate. I can't. God, unless you go with me, I can't be a good husband. God, unless you go with me, I can't raise these five kids. There's no way. God, unless you go with me, I can't be a student. God, unless you go with me, I can't date as a single person. God, unless you go with me, I'm not going to be able to make it through life as a divorced person. Moses is saying, God, unless you go, unless you keep giving me favor, unless you use my life for your glory, I cannot be about it. In other words, guys, you find favor. You don't fall into it. This is where the name of the series came from, Exodus 33. Throughout the, throughout the passage, what do you see? Find favor. For you have found favor. You don't fall into favor. You actually find it. You don't stumble upon it by accident. You find it. Have any of you... Um, I'm like a... Uh, I was born in the Carolinas. And so I'm a coastal boy. I love the beach. Love the beach. Um, I, I've never really understood the dude at the beach with this. I'm sorry if you're this guy. Really, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. Let's meet afterwards because I would love to be friends with this guy. Because I've never, I've never, I don't understand this guy. I, I'm normally at the beach, you know, with my family or whatever. And, and we're, we're, we're there chilling and um, we're, you know, having fun at the beach. And then this dude comes along. And, and I've never really understood who would do this. Like, you can relate, can't you? Like, like, I've never understood how anybody could spend hours walking on the beach. Oh, there's a nail. Oh, there's a nail. I've never understood how, how people can walk up and down the beach with this thing. And sometimes, if you notice, they like to get all up in your space. Like, I've been laying on the beach before, and dude comes up there all up in. Like, dude, get, get, get away from me. There's no money down there. That's my keys, dude. Get away. Right, right, right. And, and, and if, if you're that dude, that's okay. But here's the one that really gets to me. What, 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 I, I'll never, I'll go to my grave not understand this dude. It's the dude with this who also wears the Speedo. <laughs> really? I mean, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna walk up and down the beach with a metal detector. And then on top of that, you wear a Speedo? And you have no business wearing a Speedo? Hey, if that's you, seriously, no offense. You need to cut it out, though. 
you need to cut it out in the name of Jesus. But, but my point is, like, like I, I've never really understood, never, how somebody could spend hours doing this to end up with like 47 cents at the end of the day. And I don't know, I might be wrong. They might get $47 in change. I don't think so. But, but, but here's my point, because I'm finally going to figure out a way to redeem this thing, because I think this thing should never even exist. But anyway, um, like, this works for me in terms of favor. There it is. There, can y'all hear this? There it is. You see, beloved, favor is found. You don't accidentally fall into favor. You actually find it. Let me give you a lot of biblical examples today. Noah found favor. I told you we're going to look at a lot of scripture. Genesis 6, 5 and 8. The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth and his heart was filled with pain. That's a sad verse. Oh, that's a sad verse. So the Lord God said, I will wipe mankind from whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. There it is. Joseph found favor. Genesis 39, 2-4, the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph, what? Found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Let's go on. Ruth. Ruth found favor. Remember, oh, got some Ruth lovers up in here. Ruth found favor gleaning in the field of Boaz. Ruth 2.10, at this she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me? A foreigner. Remember Samuel? Samuel found favor, 1 Samuel 2.26. Let's read this one out loud. Ready? Go. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. Sidebar. When you tap into the favor of God, it not only impacts you, like the oil that, that ran off the beards in the Old Testament, it impacts those around you. Favor flows, hello. Favor flows from you to those closest to you, to those that you interact with. Favor. Gideon found favor, Judges 6, 14 through 18. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have. And save Israel out of Midian's hands? Am I not sending you? But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered him, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Another sidebar. When you have favor, God will fight your battles. Some of you are fighting your own battles, beloved. Some of you are trying to make it through life and life is not fair. And you're trying to fight your battles in your own strength. And favor comes along and if you'll tap into it and if you'll get under this fountain, under this flow of God's favor, you can actually start to understand and experience and appropriate God's favor to fight your battles. 
Daniel received favor, Daniel 1.9. Now God had caused the official to show, what is it? What is it? Favor and sympathy to Daniel. Mary. Woo, Mary. Some of you grew up in the Catholic Church. Mary. Mary. A mere mortal, first of all. Let me say that. Okay? Now, I might ruffle some feathers, but please come see me afterwards if we need to talk about this. But listen, some of you have been taught to worship Mary. No. There is nowhere in Scripture whatsoever that lifts Mary up, Mary up to anything other than a mere mortal. She is a woman, just like all you other lovely women. Mary does not get worship. But because the, the Catholic Church kind of erred that way, and it's unequivocally clear in Scripture, Mary was just a human being, period. But because the, because the church erred that way, the Protestant church, I believe, in my opinion, has kind of erred the other way, and we never talk about Mary. Mary was a special person. Mary experienced God's favor. Look at what the Bible says in Luke 1. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name now, 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 here's the, the, the power of this passage is it right here before our very eyes lifts up Jesus as the one who gets our worship. He will be great and he will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will be with him, the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever because his kingdom will what? Have no end. Favor. Mary had favor. Special woman of God. Jesus, last biblical example. Then we're going to turn to Esther. Jesus. Jesus had favor. Look what the Bible says. Let's read this one out loud. Great verse about Jesus. Ready? Go. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Beloved, I'm here today to let you know as we get into this series, listen, favor is more precious than all the fame in the world. Favor is more valuable than all the wealth in the world. And favor is more precious than all the natural gifts and abilities that any of us can muster up. Favor, the favor of Almighty God is the one distinguishing thing that can set you and I apart from the rest. And so open up your Bibles to Esther because Esther teaches us this one key concept about favor. I'm only going to do one today. I want to first just lay the favor foundation and then we'll go deeper in the weeks ahead. Esther. Now, Esther tells us there's this one thing. How many things? One thing that enables us to tap into the favor of God. Are you ready for it? Say, give it to me, pastor. A little bit louder. Say, give it to me, pastor. Here's the one thing. If you want favor in your life, here's the one thing that you got to do. You got to wear Superman socks. There's a cape back here. Check this out. I think if I run fast enough across the stage, my capes might get airborne. Some of you don't know what in the world this is all about. Uh, since it's a football day, Robert Griffin III, known as RG3, won the Heisman Trophy this year. He's the quarterback for Baylor. He has this propensity for dressing with flair. They asked him the night he won the Heisman. They said, hey, what do you have on that's kind of different tonight? And on national TV, check it out. Look at what it did. National TV. 
He had Superman socks, baby. So I came into the office, and the staff heard me talking about how much I loved his Superman socks, and they went out and bought me a pair of RG3 Superman socks. I walked into the, into the bedroom this morning with my socks on, and I said, Amy Lynn, this is how I'm coming to bed from now on. I did. I did. Pray for her. Pray for her. Pray for her. She just shook her head like she always does with me. I'm preaching in these bad boys every Sunday for this favor series. You want favor in your life, you got to wear some Superman socks. Don't worry, I'm going to wash them. I'm gonna, I am going to wash them, but I'm going to preach in these bad boys every day. Thank you, staff. I love them. But hey, as I said, favor is not a formula. Wearing Superman socks is not going to get you favor. Amen? Let me talk to you about what will get us favor. You didn't quite cheer me on enough. I, the second service cheered me on, so I did, I did run across the stage. And, and the capes were just flapping in the wind. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was awesome. All right, Esther, here we go. Favor. If you don't know the Bible, some of you might not know about Esther that much, and I totally understand that. It is kind of a mysterious book hidden way in the, in the Old Testament. But here's what I want you to do. you got one homework assignment today, okay? I want you this week to read the book of Esther. This week, read the book of Esther because this is the book that we're going to run to a lot in this series. But most little girls in here, most of you women, you can relate to the fact that girls in our culture and girls throughout all humanity have kind of dreamed of becoming a princess, right? Just follow me here for a moment. And most boys have secretly dreamed of becoming a prince. The princess and king dreams live on in adulthood for most of us. We don't like to talk about it, but it's the reality. Why else would contemporary society and culture be so captivated with the storybook weddings of royalty? Some of you are old enough here to remember 1981. Do you remember? Princess Charles and, uh, Prince Charles and Princess Diane got married. Do you remember this? It captivated the world. And what's interesting to me, that fascination didn't wane when in 2011, 2011, Prince William married Kate Middleton. And over 24 million people watched the ceremony. There is this captivation with this fairy tale story, listen, of commoners, here's the key word, being elevated to royalty. Hans Christian Andersen and his renowned children's story, The Ugly Duckling. We all know it. We grew up hearing about it. Describes this ugly duckling that what? Became a beautiful swan. How many of us can still recite the theme and storyline of Cinderella's transformation from lowly youngest sister to queen of the land? Now let me tell you about Esther because I believe all of that kind of gets its roots, if you will, in this biblical study of Esther. Esther is a true story of a young Jewish peasant girl who is herded through the back door of a Persian king's palace. His name is King Xerxes. He was a very rough and ruthless dictator. Esther kind of enters into this contest, if you will, a beauty contest where all these women come before King Xerxes to try to become the queen. Now, when you read the book of Esther, what you start to realize is all of the women who came before the king were enamored 
with his opulent luxury and the gifts of the palace and the gifts that the kingdom could give them. Except for one. Esther didn't get sidetracked with the things of the kingdom, but instead Esther went at the heart of the king. Look at uh, Esther 1, 6 and 7. Just one, one uh, passage out of Esther today and we'll look at others later. Verse 6. The garden had hangings of white and blue linen, fastened with cords of white linen and purple material to silver rings on marble pillars. There were couches of gold and silver on a mosaic pavement of popifer. Who knows how you say that word, right? Marble. I could act like I know, but nobody really knows. Don't let them fool you. Marble. Mother of pearl and other costly stones. Wine. Listen to this. Wine was served in goblets of gold. Each one different from the other. And the royal wine was abundant in keeping with the king's liberality. Beloved, you know what they're describing here? They're just describing the patio. Just the back patio. If this is the patio of King Xerxes, could you imagine what his living quarters looked like? Could you imagine what his room was like? Unbelievable. When we look at people in the palace of King Xerxes of ancient Persia or those attending services in the contemporary church today, come on, far too many of us tend to be taken with the glamour of the mansion that we ignore the man Jesus behind the mansion. We neglect the face, hello, behind the place. We come to church, and if we are not careful, it's all about the bells and the whistles. We come to church, and if we're not careful, it is all about what God can give me. It's all about the benefits and the gifts that I get from the kingdom as opposed to worshiping the king. And if you want to start to unlock favor, the very first bedrock, foundational element of favor, listen, is given to those who go after the heart of the king. It's given to those who worship God with everything that they have within them. They don't treat God as a kind of eternal slot machine where I put in my time and I go to church and I put in a little money. But the ultimate goal that I'm looking for in all of that is what I'm going to get out of it. God sees right through that. In other words... If I can just say it on the opposite kind of way. One of the surest recipes for not receiving the favor of God is to love the things of God, hello, more than we actually love God. If you're with me, say amen. I want to make sure we're tracking. This is so important. You see, church, what set Esther apart from all the other women, all the other women, if there's one thing that Esther teaches us about the favor of God, it is that God's heart desires those who love the giver more than the gifts. If there's one thing that Esther can teach us about favor, it is that God loves to, here's that key word again, elevate those who fall in love with the king rather than the king's blessing. This is what we find when we study scripture. And just so I'm clear, so I'm not misquoted today, listen. I'm not saying that God is a respecter of persons. 
In fact, there's a verse in the Bible where it says very clearly that God is no respecter of persons. But I am saying this. God has certain wants. God has certain desires. And one of the clearest wants that we see in Scripture that God has is for his people to worship him simply because he is God and not because we have anything to get out of it. And it is that very thing, love, person who runs after the heart of God, a person who worships and honors God, just because he is God, that is the one thing that starts to unlock the door of divine favor. The secret of Esther's success was a God-given desire to seek the heart of the king rather than the splendor of his kingdom. And what you see in this woman who gets this thing right, while all the other ones are just living on the luxury and drinking all the wine and eating the fine food, what you see with Esther is she said no to all of that and she went right after the heart of the king. And by doing so, she melted the king's heart. Her good looks, her sexual prowess is not what landed Esther as the queen of the land and in doing so allowed her to save an entire nation. No, 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 no. What enabled her to rise above all the other women in the kingdom was her heart, was her worship, was her adoration, was her love, was her knowledge to go after the heart of the king and not the gifts of the king. And as a result, we come across this verse that so many of us know. And who knows, but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Listen, church, in the palace, if we just look at Esther as, a, as an analogy, if you will, a, a, a metaphor, if you will, in the palace of the kingdom of God, it is this heart devotion for the king of kings and the Lord of lords known as worship which happens on Sunday, but happens every day of the week, that enables the man and the woman to tap into the favor of God. You are chosen for, for, for potential, beloved, but you are kept for passion. Passion for God. I said it earlier. There are people who stayed home today. They stayed home today. From church, from the house of the Lord, where the Bible says, do not neglect getting together to worship. Well, the Bible is clear in Scripture, the first day of the week, we are to worship God. There are people who stayed home today from worshiping God because there's a stinking football game on. You didn't. Way to go. I believe you're close to tapping into the favor of God, if you're here for the right reason. There are people who stayed home today because they got up and it was cloudy and drizzling. What? You can be saved and stay home because it's cloudy and drizzling. Let me be clear. I'm not talking about grace. Keep coming back. I'm not talking about grace. I'm talking about salvation. You can be saved and, and never go to church. But there are people who actually stay home and then they wonder why I don't have the favor of God in my life. Why, God, why aren't you doing more for me? There are people in the church universal and people in here and people on the other side of that camera who cringe at the thought of honoring God with their finances 
and then have the audacity in the secretness of their own heart or sometimes publicly before other people to say, God, why aren't you doing anything for me? Like, God, I'm going to cringe. I'm not even going to return a tithe to you, God. Forget you. This is my money, though you gave it all to me. I'm not going to return any of it. But, hey, God, why aren't you giving me any favor? What? It's worship. It's honor. It's, It's having the courage and the audacity to when God's word says something, to actually do it. Some of you are here today, and like your sexuality is a mess. Like you, you just you just sleep around. You're not married, and then and then you have the audacity. To say in the secretness of your heart or when you're laying in bed at night and nobody's knowing or watching, it's all just between you and God, to kind of wonder, where's God? Why isn't he doing more in my life? See, we're not talking about salvation. We're talking about tapping into God's favor. We're talking about tapping into God's supernatural anointing that falls upon his children. When they decide in their hearts and they live out in their lives, I'm not playing games anymore. God, I give you everything. Everything. Listen, let me just break it down one more level and I'm done. The story of Esther is a revelation about a peasant girl who became educated in the protocol of the palace because she fell in love with the king while all the other young girls fell in love with the palace and the prestige, and the food, and the opulent luxury. And the same is true today in the church. Consumers eat at the king's table with only the occasional obligatory nod toward the king himself, consuming the blessings. They love his gifts. They love his power, his provision, but they don't love him. On the other hand, listen... On the other hand, some of you, praise God for you. So others of you worship, you nibble at the same table, totally focused on the king. To put things in simpler terms, those who favor realize that without the king, the palace, as nice and as legendary as it is, is just a big old honking empty house. And I hope you understand, listen guys, when you roll up in here on Sunday... And the signs are nice and the landscaping's nice. And you roll up in here and, and the ushers are there at the table. We call them the Smurfs these days. The Smurfs and the blue shirts. And they're there serving you. And there's a cafe where you can get specialty drinks. And there's a resource center. And you come in here and there's all these lights and there's all this action. And there's all this great talent on the stage. I hope you remember that if he's not in this house, we should just close shop and go home. I hope you know that, listen, if the, if the face behind this place is not worshipped and adored and glorified and honored, then this is nothing more than a cavernous, big building that's going to rust and be destroyed and decay. We worship, listen, the face behind 
the place. Esther was the girl who would be queen because she was the girl who loved the king. Let me break it down just one more level. There are hundreds of spiritual concubines around us day after day. People who have moved in to stay after one life-changing encounter with another. And yet they have failed to seek his heart. Preferring instead, listen, to be content with themselves and the benefits of lounging around in his house. As a result, they, and maybe you, never experience the favor of what I so desperately want for you. But if you want the favor of God in your life, you must make the decision not to settle for the church palace lifestyle of pleasing self or any mere mortal. If you want to start laying the foundation of favor in your life, you must go for the princess lifestyle and seek to please the king. It is time for us to be the church that would be queen, the bride of Christ. Who truly adores and worships and honors and glorifies the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. That's what it is about to start to lay a favor foundation in our lives. Last week I had my good friend Ryan Brooks here. Anybody enjoy that message by Pastor Ryan Brooks? Love that guy. Love that guy. I took him to lunch this week just to tell him how, how much he blessed us. And, and, and the thing that I, I don't know why just tickled me the most about Pastor Ryan was at the beginning of his message, he turned around toward these TVs and he said, Wow, I feel like I'm, I'm preaching in Best Buy. And I just, I just laughed. I got so tickled about that thing. But here's what happened. I went home and that night I couldn't sleep because that thing was just, just rocking me. And I got up on Monday and same thing. I just, I just kept thinking about that. If you showed up here next Sunday, come on. And you walked in and there were no lights. And you walked in here and there were no projectors. And there were no televisions. There was no amplifiers. There were no speakers. I didn't even have a microphone. Maybe I just preached with a megaphone. <laughs> Could you, would you still worship the face behind this place? Because it's not about all this stuff, guys. It's not about all this stuff. And some of you here, you know, you're going to swing the pendulum the other side and you're going, well, I've always told y'all we don't need all those TVs. No, 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 no. No, no, don't go there. I'll get to that in a few weeks. You study Esther and you see there's this powerful principle of excellent extravagance for God. Excellent extravagance. But on this very first Sunday, I just wanted us to strip it all away. And I wanted to look you in the eyes and tell you, listen, if you want the favor of God on your life, if you want the favor of God on your marriage, you want the favor of God on your vocational life, you want the favor of God on your children, then quit playing games with God. Give Him your heart. Every bit of it. I told you, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't explain it. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just stupid enough, though, if God's Word said it, I was going to do it. I was just stupid enough if a pastor preached it and I felt like it was the Word of God, I was going to live it out. You stop playing games with God. 
Stop playing religion. And come before Christ. And commit this day to live every day. Before an audience of one. Regardless of what people think about you. Regardless of what they say about you. Regardless of how silly you might think you look. Paul would say over there in the New Testament, we've become fools for Christ. Some of you, the one thing that's keeping you from, from giving it all to God is you're worried about what people's going to think. What if he worried about what people would think? I don't think he would have gone to the cross for you. But he said, not my will, but your will be done, Father. Give him your heart. Commit this day to be a worshiper. Commit this day to go after, I mean like, Run hard, beloved, from the moment you wake up and put your feet on the ground to the moment you put your head back on your pillow at night. Run hard toward the heart of God. Run hard in a love relationship with God. Give Him every single thing and you watch the favor of God start to fall on your life. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Pray with me, God. Easier to say than do, Lord. Father, would you, would you move in this moment? There are hearts that need to just be broken before you. There are lives that need to be surrendered. God, would you take this community gathered here today and would you... Would you be so glorified and honored in our worship that your heart is moved? And in moving your heart, God, you would release and unleash favor upon your church. God, I thank you that New Hope has experienced nothing less than the favor of God in 10 years. But God, I'm praying for more than that. I want you to unleash your favor in my life more. I want you to unleash your favor in everyone's life, God, that when people see us, we're actually distinguished, God. We have the favor of God, the anointing of God, the blessings of God all over our lives. So when they see us and they talk to us and they encounter the movement of new hope, you receive glory and honor and praise because there is no doubt that those are people who love me. Those are people who are here not to get the gifts and the things of the kingdom. Those are people who are here to win the heart of the king. So God, we're coming back. As a church, we're coming back to the heart of worship. Would it be authentic? Would it be genuine? Would it be heartfelt? And God, would it transcend? Would it supersede every other form of adoration, of attention, of allegiance? Would it all submit? To lift in high the name above all names, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at www.newhopenc.org. 
If you would like to financially support the movement of New Hope, you can do so by clicking on the e-giving link at the bottom of our homepage. We hope you will join us next week. God bless and thank you for being part of our church family.